This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. What? JD? I know. I'm back, man. Back in what? the saddle. <laughs> oh, dude. It is so good to have you back on the show. Look, I've been, yeah. I have been. I feel like everybody has just taken a big sigh of relief. Like, ah, there, there's only so much bow you can handle. Just ask my wife. Like, I realize this is the case, man. <laughs> We've been clamoring for you. I'm so glad you're back Oh, on. dude, whatever, man. No, this is, uh, it, 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 it's great. I, there's probably uh, as many folks that are relieved. There's probably some that are disappointed. They were probably no. getting kind of used to, you know, like a solo jockey in this thing and uh no, here comes man. the uh here comes the redneck pack and uh you know gotta gotta keep it hokey <laughs> no the only thing i will say to that is i'm sure that is not true on that angle however the talent that we've had rotating through over the last couple of weeks oh, dude. Uh, has just been just uh, you know out, out of the water and then of course uh, last week having some some representation from stg lane which we'll talk a, a bit more here now that we've got john david yeah. on my yeah. Uh, in just a moment. Uh, first things first, man. We just got to address this real quick. Of course, you're a new dad. Uh, uh, is there anything you want to say about the uh, the joys of fatherhood? Um, it, man, yeah. Well, first off, uh, just real quickly. Again, we don't want to belabor all this stuff, but man, thank you for <laughs> all the folks that have uh, have reached out to me and my wife. Uh, a lot of listeners have just uh, been uh, gracious. We've even gotten some, uh, you know, gifts for the baby and all this kind of stuff from from some of our uh, club members. It's just, it's just incredible, and all the all the outpouring of uh, hope and and everything and um, friendship. It's been really kind. So uh, yeah, man, everyone's healthy. Um, I'll be honest, everyone is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a very colicky baby and uh man she is beautiful her name is charlotte and she is uh she is a good looking sweet uh little baby but she um yeah she's having having some colicky issues you know it's one of those mm, things where yeah. all babies cry but this baby this baby's lungs are are really healthy <laughs> right. so we're just uh you know day to day uh, the doctors assure us that everything's healthy but we're just gonna have to power through so um you know man yeah just uh just trying to trying to do the best we can but uh you know when she's when she is feeling well and is calm man she's just got this really precious demeanor and we're we're very thankful so um yeah man praise the lord uh, everything is really good and you know just not getting a lot of sleep but you can imagine that uh just kind of comes with the territory so (laughs) here we are yeah uh, that's just part of it but hey you know it's good also just to address to uh for for listeners if if on occasion over the next couple of weeks and months you hear a little crying in the background that's why and uh that's right that's right and and it it may actually be me like It may actually be me, like weeping, you know, as I'm backing away from the microphone to get out a few extra tears. Like, just uh, <laughs> no, it's great. But we we do appreciate everyone's support, and um, frankly, a lot of our community that has reached out said uh, has assured us, man, they they and their family have uh, have been praying for us, particularly, uh, you know, as things are kind of kind of difficult. So, uh, but man, we we are so happy and so blessed, and everyone's healthy, and man, we just are really really excited about this season. So, uh, yeah, but man. Glad to be back. Glad to be back, yes, sir. Dude. So I got to address something real quick. Of course, uh, listeners know I moved to Houston earlier this year. This has been a very special time in my life, too, because as as longtime listeners know, I'm not a huge fan of the sports ball. Like, that's just, you know, I know that the, <laughs> you get the hockey punk puck. And if you dunk on them, that's that's a touchdown. And that so is. that's that's the extent of my my sports ball knowledge. But I tell you what, man, I've become an expert over the last week here because uh, when I lived in Memphis, I didn't care about sports ball until the Grizzlies started winning. And then all of a sudden I was I was believing, man, I was there. Uh, yeah. I became a, a, a diehard Grizzlies fan uh, when we were winning. And so now that I'm in Houston, we got, you know, we got some we got some professional uh, teams out here in the baseballs and, and the, the NBAs and such. And of course, the, <laughs> the Astros in the World Series. Um, I know, man. Go Strohs. Isn't that yeah, something? Man. Yeah, it's been it's been a blast. You know, my, it's it's great because I've got family out in D.C. And so um, specifically my brother and his wife. And I, I have just I have just so enjoyed the trash talking. I got that's that's <laughs> what I enjoy. <laughs> about the uh, the sports is the the smack talking the trash talking and uh the extremities although i should mention uh this last i think it was like two days ago i went a little harsh on the uh on, on the old nationals there about you, how they you were taking something overboard what i know i know you know my <laughs> wife is trying to hold me back a little bit because at the end of the day you know you want to talk stats i'm not your guy but if you want to talk trash hey i'm i'm here for it and uh <laughs> And to all of our listeners from the D.C. area, I just want to say, uh, man, I, I, I uh, 
you know, it's been a good World Series. I mean, as we record this, it's Monday. So by the time you hear it, it'll probably be over because we probably would have crushed y'all on Tuesday would be my guess. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing based on the trajectory. That's all I'm saying. The trajectory is there, you know. Um, but let me just say uh, this has been a educational experience for uh, the country, if not the world, uh, at just how poorly the Nationals represent themselves. And I'm not even talking about <laughs> on the baseball field. I'm talking specifically you know, about the logo. Has Walgreens sued I, the Nationals no, it, yet? I, I I agree. Like I what and and how good is CVS right now feeling about the Astros, right? <laughs> I mean, like, That's I, right. I just want to say, yeah, no, I, I agree. And look, I, you know, growing up, I, I was born in Houston, uh, went back there a lot as a kid and have still have a lot of family there. It's kind of a, a second home and, and yeah. is my birthplace. I grew up an Astros fan, had to, you know, dust off the old, uh, my old Astros baseball cap that I hadn't worn in 10 years. Of course, they won the World Series a few years ago as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I just chuckle at the entire idea of you having to learn enough <laughs> about a sporting event in order to talk sports. Mac. Like, I, it, it just makes me laugh so much. Uh, you know, this is a, the whole concept of you having to pay attention and, and, and you know, determine uh, what the difference is between a touchdown and a home run. Uh, <laughs> it, it, just to converse enough to, to make your relatives feel bad about living in Washington. So, I, Oh, it's great, man. Look, thanks. We've already got a bet oh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, if, if the Nationals win, we're wearing that stupid little Walgreens hat. And if, if, if oh, when man. our boys win, when the Astros win, we're, we're bringing some star, uh, star H's for them. We're going to have that. It's, hel- it's hilarious, man. No, that's great. That, that's great. Well, yeah, you know, I, I feel that first first time back in the saddle after I think a five week uh, vacation from uh, from Country Squire Radio, and I already feel at home because we've already offended an entire listener group. Yeah, how about that? We, I mean, look, it's old home week, and uh, we're it's doing great. It right. Like our entire mid mid Atlantic uh, DC, uh, you know, fan base is, uh, you know, uh, we, we've got folks dropping off, uh, like, um, you know, just <laughs> just, well, just constantly. So, uh, man, well, before yeah, no, we it's, lose it's, the rest, man, let's let's right. probably talk some tobacco because we've got a really really fun episode this uh this week of course it is our our halloween week and you know uh, longtime listeners know we've got kind of a reoccurring halloween series called uh to the depths now i love this because this the name of this series uh which is just essentially like our halloween special came from our very first halloween episode where we took a look at pipe smoking villains uh, and specifically, if I'm not mistaken, we were looking at Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise because he's smoking his pipe and like t- intimidating all of these sailors before he's about to send them to the depths. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's where it came from. Well, uh, you know, you'd think with an annual a special, there'd be enough pipe-smoking villains to really kind of keep that going. Turns out, uh, pipe-smoking is not really one for the villains. It's often one more for the heroes. And so uh, even though, you know, it's only just an annual series, we ran out pretty quickly. So <laughs> we started are, going into Are any into of us surprised things. that it's more of a uh, heroic thing no, than, not a, than a villainous yeah. thing, right? That's I mean, exactly it, right. The, the good guys always smoke in the pipe, right? When we do have those bad guys. But it's not always fun to talk about, like, you know, joseph stalin and the ilk <laughs> right 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 well and especially kind of diving into the, the the fictional as well and of course there are pipe smoking villains that we haven't covered but that being said we wanted to kind of expand the concept and so we've done yeah. uh treacherous tobaccos we've done uh scary pipes and we're doing something a uh, kind of a little bit of a twist this uh this holiday season this yeah. halloween for our to the depths we're doing a trick-or-treat and what Ooh. i mean by that is it's kind of like a specialty tobacco talk if you will where we're taking a look at a pipe tobacco that represents a treat and one that represents a trick so yeah. john david should we start with the tricks or should we start with the treats uh, yeah, I want to do it in order. You know, it's one of those things where, um, I mean, it, it, it's the, you don't say treat or trick, you say trick or treat. So let's, let's start out that way. Yeah, man, it, it's so fun. I feel like um, I just, I'm giddy right now. I hope uh, <laughs> folks know it's just so fun to be back. And uh, I love, I love being back and we're sitting here talking about uh, our bread and butter, which is pipe tobacco. <laughs> and as preparing for this episode, it was just so much fun to, uh, you know, pull my notepad out again, start taking notes and uh, doing some research. And, and thinking about these kinds of things, um, man, tobacco. I I just love pipe tobacco. Doggone it! <laughs> and uh, man, today we we get to dive right back in. And so, um, yeah, trick or treat, man. We are going to start with a great trick, and uh, it may surprise some folks. It's one of those things where you're, um, y- you know, you're. Um, 
you reach for a tobacco and you you anticipate one thing and and for me uh, and and for several others I've I've spoken with uh, you you're kind of tricked because you wind up um, you know getting and experiencing something different and today uh, we are going to talk about Lane Vanilla Black Cavendish which mm. is uh, which is our trick tobacco so uh, now Vanilla Black Cavendish this is uh, you know one of those tobaccos that um, you know you 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 read the uh, the title and you're like oh well that's straightforward and uh, seems uh, simple enough, and uh, of course, this is marketed by uh, our friends at Lane uh, as a version of BCA with that amped-up vanilla uh, portion. Right? It's like, man, we we've got people clamoring for vanilla. That's one of the most popular, uh, you know, uh, flavors out there. Let's yeah. let's let's juice that up and um, and and get that um, get that maxed out. And so, you know, that that's kind of how they push this particular tobacco, which I think is uh, a, an admirable thing. There's certainly a place in the market for something like that. And of course. Lane, um, you know, uh, as we all know, makes a lot of great tobaccos and so would be well equipped to provide something like that. So I can see, uh, you know, it, I, I, I can see it uh, with this particular tobacco. But when you dive in a little bit deeper, there's something different going on here. And, and I was struck by this uh, immediately uh, years ago when I tried this particular tobacco. And as I've, um, you know, it, it kind of, um, you know, conversed with other folks, other pipe smokers about it, um, it just has become more and more apparent. And uh, anyway, we're going to share that today. So our trick tobacco, uh, Lane Vanilla Black Cavendish. And uh, um, it is a bulk tobacco. We're going to, uh, you know, we don't talk about the tin note with bulk tobacco. We talk about the, the jar note or the bag note, I guess, as it were. Um, you open the pouch and it is, uh, you know, it's a very moist uh, tobacco. You can tell just from looking at it, it kind of uh, kind of glistens, you know, like um, maybe Lane BCA or uh, 1Q to some extent. Uh, it looks a little wetter than BCA. BCA has uh, uh, just a nice sheen uh, to it uh, with just a little vanilla essence. But you can tell this tobacco uh, from uh, opening the pouch, it is a little more, uh, a little more heavily cased. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is. It's, uh, when you touch it, uh, you can actually tell. You can feel that moisture there. Uh, it's not a, not a syrupy moisture, uh, but it is a, a moisture to know, um, you know, that you've got a, you know, got a real heavily cased tobacco there. You smell the tobacco, right? And you go into it knowing what to expect, right? This is called vanilla black Cavendish. And so uh, you think of a soft uh, Cavendish that's, uh, you know, been steamed and, uh, you know, probably flavored with a heavy scent of vanilla. Um, and, and you get that from the bag note. You get that. The uh, mm. vanilla is there. Um, it, it is rich. But there's also maybe a, a hint in the background of uh, rum, uh, maybe some type of, uh, you know, kind of rich, sweet alcohol. Uh, I, for me, it kind of evokes just a little bit of a spiced rum uh, in, in the background there. Um, it, there. There seems to be a sense when you smell the tobacco um, that there's more than just vanilla going on. So vanilla definitely leads the way but um so it's kind of interesting when you load this tobacco and light it um you know it, it packs well enough for a you know kind of a, a heavily cased aromatic um and then when you light the tobacco you've got that um you know kind of um a generous crackle <laughs> that you might expect from, um, you know, uh, setting fire to, you know, one of your favorite, uh, you know, Cavendish uh, blends that, you know, just has that nice moisture to it. So uh, there is that little crackle and um, you immediately are impacted by, um, you know, brown sugar, uh, vanilla. But then as you get uh, through the first uh, little part of the bowl, here's where the trick comes in. And, and the trick for me is, is very apparent and for a lot of folks that I've talked to. And that trick, it's, it's a big uh, right hook out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, you're pounded with caramel and butterscotch. And Boom! it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it is like, where did that come from, man? I mean, uh -huh. you just weren't anticipating it. You're sitting here, um, you know, thinking vanilla extract and, uh, you know, maybe some of your favorite Christmas cookies or something. And then it's like, where did this caramel come cake come from man it's so bizarre um very pronounced um and uh and and you do it, it is pronounced for me uh to the point where you know you, you wonder did lane when they made this particular tobacco were they you know were they trying
trying to do that? Like, what was that an element in which they were, they called it vanilla black Cavendish, but they knew it would have this apparent uh, caramel note. And I, I would I would love to hear from uh, our aromatic smoker listeners, uh, you know, as they uh, interact with this tobacco, if they've interacted with it before. Um, what do you think? I mean, this, it was so, I remember, um, you know, a long time ago when I tried this, very surprising, just right out of the gate. Bam! In your face, uh, caramel, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's one of those things. It's um, it, it was a trick. It tricked me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you would think going into this that this uh, particular blend would be uh, more one-dimensional and that simple but heavy uh, vanilla in your face flavor. But I, you know, to me, uh, I've probably if you're going for that, I've probably and and you, and you haven't tried this tobacco before. I've probably ruined the experience for you. <laughs> In some sense, because it's yeah, like the trick gonna, is no longer there. Yeah, I mean it's it's not right, but <laughs> but also you go into it thinking like maybe if you wouldn't have heard me talk today, like you wouldn't have uh, sensed that caramel. Although I I don't I don't know if that's possible. Like I, for me, it's just uh, man, it's incredibly apparent. Um, it's a very uh, it's one of those tobaccos that is uh, it tastes sweet. Uh, it, it you know you can you can taste the uh, sweetness of it. It's not a uh, not a super you know sweetness, but that air is a nice um, uh, just a nice uh, sweet heat that uh, is pleasing. The room note, of course, is just uh, incredible. But uh, you know if you're looking for a vanilla pure vanilla flavor, um, I, I you know I, I really think you're <laughs> look um, elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I really do. Like I I really think you better look uh, look elsewhere. So I've probably ruined it uh, for you. But uh, the caramel to me. Uh, once you get a little bit more into the bowl is is really off the charts. Uh, the vanilla is present, but there's there's just a heavy caramel uh, element there. So uh, for the non-aromatic smoker, of course, this is gonna um, this tobacco is not for you. It's uh, you know it, the 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 sweetness is uh, bordering on kind of that cloying. Uh, rich, decadent, uh, you know, tobacco that you, um, you know, just would expect from a generally case tobacco. But, um, you know, for folks like me that tend to smoke more non-aromatics that uh, like to mix it up occasionally, this is fun. You know, don't put it in your, uh, you know, uh, pipe that's dedicated to Virginia Flakes or, <laughs> you know, your favorite English blend because, uh, you know, it'll take you a couple years to get that get that out of it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pleaser for those that like heavy aromatics. Um, it, it Because of the moisture, and this is typical for a lot of uh, heavily cased aromatics, it is going to require, um, you know, several relights. I mean, as you go through the bowl, it's very likely that you'll have to uh, relight this particular tobacco. And so, um, yeah, uh, you know, just keep that in mind. It's one of those things that, um, you know, you'll tamp, relight, and, uh, and, and, and keep going. But it's surprisingly... Uh, has little tongue bite, which is interesting. G- generally with these, uh, you know, more moist wet tobaccos you you tend to get those um you know tobaccos that kind of kind of chew your tongue up pretty bad right Right, so on on this particular one i'm surprised both that it really doesn't uh have that which is interesting so in in a lot of lanes aromatics um you know don't compare to some others and so um anyway just um yeah a great tobacco but man they tricked me it's uh <laughs> it, you know it just uh just uh i, I don't know it's kind of interesting i'd love to hear uh feedback from some of our listeners so that's so um, that's so wild man you ended up taking yeah. it in a direction i didn't think you were going to go because i thought the trick might end up uh uh curving around so that it didn't like ha- like you know you thought it was sweet no it's not but it's uh, no, yeah. it's 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 all about that flavor profile. So sneaking in the caramel. Okay, all right, I see yeah. that. And it's, and it's, it's nice so candy uh, candy aspects of it too for Halloween. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. Um, man, which is funny. You would think I would uh, can you know bring uh, forward for our, our our treat tobacco. You know something that would be kind of that uh, heavily candied. We think of candied apples and uh, you know all the goodies that you get when you terrorize your neighbor at their front door and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Still um, today. But, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Bo's like, you know, uh, 35 years old and still, uh, you know, walking around the neighborhood with his uh, pillowcase and, you know, <laughs> stealing from his kids and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no maybe. It's tax. It's not steal. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like, look, you, you live here, so I get a portion of this. Gig. What do they call it? It's it, they have a name for it. I think it's like the daddy rent. Tax rent. That's what they call yeah. it. It's rent. It <laughs> Candy rent. You're like six year old child, and they're like <laughs> parsing out. This is we're going to learn about percentages today, and that's daddy right. gets a percentage of your you know Reese's pieces, right? <laughs> 
Man, so, um, yeah, moving on, man, to the treat. And uh, this is really a treat. And it's one of those tobaccos that um, you may have had a little trouble getting your hands on. um, But, you know, you you still can get some. There's still some out there. It was a limited release uh, this year. But... It's a tobacco that, um, man, I, it just for me, really knocked it out of the park and was just such a, uh, gosh, I, I don't know. It, you know, I, I, I figured I would enjoy it. I didn't figure I would enjoy it this much. So maybe in that sense, it was a surprise. But, um, man, we're talking today uh, as far as our treat tobacco goes and uh, just something that was su- superbly delicious. We were talking about Cornell and Deal's uh, small batch, and it is Sunbear uh, from Cornell and Deal. Wow. Wow, what a tobacco, huh. man! I I, huh. I just okay, really, okay. really was uh, really was stunned, man. You would think that treat tobacco would be, uh, you know, a heavy aromatic, something really, really sweet. And um, th- this is not a um, not a not an aromatic tobacco. I, I probably you know would tell you that it is lightly cased. I mean, it, it is lightly topped. I mean, this is something I'm going to read the description for in a minute. But I would not consider this a non. Or I would not consider this an aromatic tobacco. You know, mm. I kind of uh, tend to lean towards that direction of philosophy. Um, you know, we've talked about before, uh, all tobaccos at some point uh, typically have some type of small amount of flavoring on them. And, and, and this is one of those tobaccos where it's a little more pronounced, but it's certainly not a uh, not an aromatic tobacco, at least not in my book. So uh, Sunbear, a uh, small batch from Cornell Deal, I have been smoking through uh, tin number 34, of 4,500, and uh, it's a, just to describe it, a beautiful, uh, real uh, kind of warm uh, sunset color tin from Cornell and Deal, the, uh, you know, as we always refer to him on our goofy show, the uh, biscuit can style tin (laughs) (laughs) from, uh, as any Southerner would, uh, would recognize, but um, yeah, so it's got that, you know, kind of nice, uh, just real warm sunset uh, looking, and and there's a, there's a beautiful uh, red burnt uh, orange uh, uh, bear, uh, the the you know image of a bear that's right off to the left there. So just really really pretty. I don't know what the inspiration for the name of this tobacco was, mm. but gosh, mm-hmm. it's just really uh, really pretty. The presentation is I, I think one of the more attractive Cornell and Deal tins that's come out in a while. So you've got a tobacco here. I'll read the back of it. It says Cornell and Deal's small batch blends are handcrafted in small quantities by our expert blenders right here in South Carolina. A blend of fine red and bright Virginias, balanced by Bosma Leaf from 2014 and Izmir Orientals from 2013. Sunbear commends itself with subtle notes of South Carolina garden-grown honey from the personal beehives of Jeremy Reeves, <laughs> head blender of Cornell Deal. So he actually Hang on. Used, whoa, 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 whoa. I know, right? Isn't that amazing? Jeremy, Jeremy keeps bees? Well, the guy keeps surprising us, man, and here we are. <laughs> like, hang on, did we know that? Like, we've talked I, to I him didn't. before. You I talked had to no him idea. like like a bit, right? Like, y'all keep up. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know, we Jeremy and I bump into each other at different stuff, but I I had no idea that he um yeah was a beekeeper. He's out here and, keeping uh, bees, and there huh. and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Jeremy, like, can we have some of your honey? Like that? Yeah. Like you know, in the next in the next shipment, if you could like sneak in like some some honey. Uh, that that sounds amazing. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. I know that's a tangent, but I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, we'll order tobacco from Cornell and Deal. You can ship the tobacco to me. Ship the honey to uh, care of Houston, you know, Bo York. Yeah, Houston, Houston Texas. Texas. No. Send it on over. <laughs> Man, uh, it goes on to say, the natural honey complements the subtle drizzling of silver tequila and elderflower for what? natural yep yeah it, it just keeps going man this is just yeah. su- it is a true treat it is great uh and elderflower for a natural refined tasting tobacco with an underlying swashbuckling boldness <laughs> i don't know who they've got over there like writing this stuff but it makes me happy um yeah Sunbear is a unique experience for the connoisseur who appreciates a dance of flavor components dominated by quality Virginias. And um, and, and so it says, uh, small batch, bright Virginia sourced from Canada, 2014 Bosma and 2013 Izmir. Um, man, what a, what a, what a treat. You know, uh, Jeremy... Um, I'll be honest, man. I, I, you know, if you ever get desperate enough and are listening to uh, Country Squire Radio, I want you to know, like, man, you have outdone yourself. Like, this is just so, mm. so delicious. And, um, man, I, I you know, it's, it's a very interesting mixture. And it really was a treat for me. It was one of those that, um, man, I dived into again thinking uh, I would enjoy it and was just, um, just overwhelmed. Really, really tasty. I wish I had uh, twice as many tins as I, as I do. But, um, th- again, this was a small batch uh, release this year. 
year. It's a tobacco that, you know, if you go to some of your major retailers, is probably going to be out of stock. But, um, you know, if you know a pipe shop maybe here or there that uh, does carry Cornell and Deal tins but doesn't do a lot of online business, um, you know, maybe they're in another city or state, uh, give them a call. Give them a call. See if they just happen to have one or two of these sitting on the shelf. Um, I, I would encourage you to do that, particularly if you're a Virginia fan or an Oriental fan. Um, you know, re- something that's really, uh, really going to be a treat for you. Man, when you, when you pop the seal on this, it is a broken flake. Uh, this tobacco is a, um, you know, just a just a broken flake that you would expect from Cornell and Deal. Um, you know, Cornell and Deal, the, the way they do their flakes, they uh, slice them up and then kind of poke them into this uh, biscuit-style can, uh, you know, in layers. And so if you're looking at it quickly, uh, you can kind of mistake it for a ready-rubbed tobacco. You know, they that, that's just the way they do flakes. Uh, you know, in the past, uh, McClelland has done that. Uh, Cornell and Deal does that with their other uh, flakes like, uh, you know, GLPs. You, you can kind of mistake it, but, uh, you know, it's a it's very easy to handle because of that. And so um, when you are preparing it, it crumbles apart very easily. Um, you know, the, the moisture content seems to be just right. It's got a nice, uh, pleasing touch on your on your hands. And uh, I did let it dry a little bit, probably uh, five or seven minutes, just kind of let it, uh, I crumbled it apart on a piece of paper, just kind of let it sit there for a little bit before I loaded my pipe and, and then loaded it. it. It just loaded for a flake very easily and very consistent in the bowl. Enjoyed it right from the charring light, man, right from the false light. Wow. Uh, man, it was just off the charts with uh, with flavor. As soon as the flame hit the tobacco, uh, I realized that this is a tobacco that was going to be really special. And it, and it is. It, it just really is. Uh, it, it made me so, uh, you know, excited to, to, you know, strike that next match. <laughs> it was really cool. Hadn't experienced that in, in quite some time. But Brightleaf uh, makes itself known immediately, that Canadian, uh, you know, bright uh, Virginia. You know, so you experience that, but very quickly you can tell that this Brightleaf is. It's holding hands with these Orientals that are uh, that are coming in right behind it. It's these delicate Orientals. It's almost like they're uh, they're they're cradling each other as they're walking into your uh, into your mouth. And man, is it special! <laughs> I just uh, man, I can't can't give enough superlatives about it. So uh, floral, uh, tangy. Uh, you get elements of, of sweet cream, which is interesting, you know, an oriental mixture, uh, you know, where the orientals are uh, are pronounced. Uh, I, I don't typically think of uh, sweet cream as something with, uh, you know, brightly Virginias and, and orientals, but it's it's there. It is really there. And so just that uh, floral tanginess coming right along with the, um, you know, the bright natural sugars of the Virginia. Halfway through the bowl, uh, I find it interesting. Of course, you know, we read uh, the description of this tobacco that, you know, surprised you and me both, right? Natural honey uh, complements the subtle drizzling of silver tequila and elderflower. <laughs> it's like, man, what are they experimenting with over there, you know? But, um, but yeah, halfway through the bowl, there's this Bees subtle... and tequila. Sorry, that's the answer to the question I, is bees and tequila. No, that's it's exactly right. They're like, they, they get through half the bottle and they're like, well, I mean, we got half this bottle and we better not drink anymore. Let's uh, let's figure out something to do with it. Right. Oh, we'll make sun bear. Right. <laughs> um, man, it's, um, there's a, halfway through the bowl, there's a subtle astringency it's a it's a dryness a, a delicate dryness that starts to um, kind of enter your mouth that's very pleasing it's characterized from uh, you know that premium tequila I, I was even reminded of uh, you know some of your more uh, premium dry gins um, you know uh, everyone knows I'm a gin lover and 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 have been for a long time and so uh, I got uh, got notes of that but but wow when you get these uh, natural sugar flavors the floral uh, notes there uh, tanginess sweet cream and then it's all of a sudden got this kind of um you know tannin like uh thing coming up on the end where it just uh leaves you with a nice uh subtle liqueur uh note boy is it good uh typical uh virginia room note on this tobacco for virginia smokers is pleasant and for uh you know other smokers might just be um tolerable <laughs> but uh man for the smoker and for the lover of uh, virginias and orientals it is a real treat and uh and something that i would encourage you to to seek out if you can so yeah. um, man that's it trick or treat dude uh, two very different tobaccos but um man i think uh two that are worth uh you know worth smoking depending on where your tastes are on the spectrum and uh, i think you'll enjoy it no that's good man that's um yeah that was uh that, you know it was funny because when we were talking about this series 
and I kind of, uh, uh, you know, proposed this concept of a, of a trick and treat tobacco. I knew it sounded like a fun challenge. I didn't know just how far you were going to take it. When you, <laughs> you went like treat to the extreme. You went trick to the uh, kind of the extreme. I, I, like I said, I had no clue how you were going to take yeah. it. So it worked out well, you know, well. you give me sometimes when we talk about this stuff, you give me a long leash. Right. So, it's uh, <laughs> you know, it can kind of wander a little bit. And that makes it fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> man. Well, you know what else is a lot of fun? Oh, man. Do do I? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Trick-or-treating. Going around from house to house and collecting candy for free. It's amazing, and it's so much fun. Every single time that you walk down the street and say trick-or-treat, you you never know quite what you're going to get. Maybe sometimes it might be a a chocolate bar. Maybe sometimes it might be a hard candy. But one thing's for sure, you're going to enjoy it. Kind of like whenever we mention anything from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. No, that's exactly right. You man. didn't know it. See, I tricked you. I tricked you. You didn't know where I was going with that. But uh, I tried. You, you, you did, but you nailed it in vintage bow fashion. Uh, man, no, this is great. I, I'm really excited today. Uh, you know, we haven't, um, I haven't been on the air in a while. And so, uh, you know, we haven't um, it, it talked, you know, real, dived real specifically in tobacco. But um, man, today is very tobacco centric. And that even uh, includes our Missouri Meerschaum feature, which we always do once a week. Um, and man, this week, I'm so thrilled to talk about um, Missouri Meerschaum's brand new uh, 150th anniversary crumble cake, and wow, is it good! <laughs> Man, it was so uh, so iconic. Of course, this year uh, marks, as everyone knows, the 150th year of America's uh, pipe maker. You know, Missouri Meerschaum, uh, the iconic corn cob pipes coming right out of Washington, Missouri. Good friends of our show, uh, dear people up there. And what better way to celebrate that than to come out with a uh, with a tobacco uh, to that is really just a just a really incredible stab at uh, you know taking the spirit of that company and putting it into a very high quality uh, pipe tobacco and boy have they outdone themselves with this so uh, Missouri Meerschaum 150th anniversary crumble cake uh, it's a blend of select Virginias and Burleys from around the world to which some mellow Virginia based black Cavendish is added a subtle amount of smooth vanilla is added before pressing but it's so slight that the non aromatic fans may enjoy it too uh, grab your favorite Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipe load it up light it up and puff away and join us in celebrating 150 years of corn cob making right here in the united in the united states so um, man awesome tobacco Uh, we're going to be continuing to talk about this over the next several weeks Uh, you can actually get it right from the source uh, corncobpipe.com it ships straight from missouri meerschaum and uh, man we encourage you to support them and uh, ask for it at your favorite tobacconist Absolutely. And big thanks to our good friends at Missouri Mission for sponsoring the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe Question of the Week. All right, man. We've got a Pipe Question of the Week coming in from Cody DeWitt. De what? De, DeWitt. Cody DeWitt. Uh, here's, here's what Cody had to say, man. He said, I was recently given a stem file from Primal Chetta at the Columbus Pipe Show to start widening the draft holes in some of my pipes. I know most artisan pipes already will already have this done, and most factory pipes do not. So, in the teachings of Tobacco Jesus, how important <laughs> or unimportant is the quality of uh, is this to the quality of your pipe, the smoking experience overall? I personally find it gives the pipe a much easier draw and makes the taste of the tobacco that much more enjoyable and cuts down on the tongue bite, but not uh, having a laser focused spot where it smoke, where the smoke hits your mouth, but it would 
but I would like to hear feedback from the pros. Cheers, Cody. Apparently, do what? No, man. <laughs> Wits. We we got you, man. <laughs> we we got you. We know who you are, Cody. Yeah, dude. Of course, Cody. Good good friend and um, man, longtime listener uh, up there in Michigan. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, this is what you pay for when you buy a uh, a high end artisan pipe, Bo. This is what you pay for is mm. something like a filed out draft hole in the stem and and that's that's what you're you know you're paying for that type of care uh that type of precision and uh you know attention to detail and 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 you know i i believe in general it makes a difference i really do you know uh, is a uh, mass-produced uh pipe going to file out the inside of um you know, of the of the stem of the pipe, um, very likely not, unless maybe it's one of their uh, you know uh, high end ones that they hand finish or something like that. But this is this is the type of care and quality that you get from you know someone like Primmel, uh, who has you know is at the top of the uh, American pipe making scene. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff you get. And so, yeah, I, it it's going to make a difference. I think it's noticeable. And so, again, what what Cody's talking about here is uh, you know widening. A lot of times you'll look at the end of a factory made stem um, and it might have a slit at the very end but but inside the middle of the slit all you see is a is a circle a, l- a small little hole uh, and that's really your draft hole what what Cody's talking about here is actually taking that small uh, you know little um, little round hole and actually widening it to where it takes up uh, maybe most or all of that of that uh, slit there at the end of the stem and that way uh, you know, you're giving the the hot air coming from the bowl uh, more of a chance to kind of spread out evenly mm. uh, over your tongue, and uh, and it really will have uh, an effect. And and you know, those are the small things that uh, you know, I guess, separate the men from the boys, right? Mm. <laughs> Someone like Primmel that uh, you know is going to do that type of thing. Uh, there's a reason those pipes, uh, you know, cost more, and it's because you know that takes a lot of time, but it makes a difference in your smoking experience. And yeah, you know, I, I th- I've actually never uh cody done that myself i've never taken i don't have any of the files uh you know or any of the equipment to do that personally uh but i do have pipes that have both can tell a difference in both and i do like the pleasing uh, ability of that smoke to uh kind of gently come out of the stem uh on its own without being forced on one one particular spot and so um yeah i think it's uh i think it's worth experimenting with i think it's worth uh you know if you can uh, do it and confidently not mess up a beautiful pipe <laughs> you know i think it's uh, think it's worth uh, worth doing. It will probably take you some time, and mm. uh, you know it's one of those things that you probably should chat with. Uh you know, before you dive off and try this yourself, uh, you know, Joe Pipe Smoker, if you're listening to this and have never heard of this before, maybe maybe reach out to one of your favorite American pipe carvers. They're almost all, uh, you know, accessible and uh, friendly and uh, ready to answer questions. And maybe just ask them a tip or two. You know, how would you do this or what kind of tool would you use? Um, you know, maybe check with the folks at Vermont Freehand who have a lot of, uh, you know, tools like this. Someone like Premel Chetta, who, um, you know, of course, is a great resource. But, um, you know, ask some questions, but then, you know, Try it out. See what you think. I think uh, I think you'll notice the uh, the difference uh, on this. So um, yeah, Cody, great call, man. Wonderful question, and let us know how that goes. Also, Cody, we'd uh, we'd love to hear more. Uh, about your experience there. Hey, and Cody, you know, if you have some before and after pictures, send those to us. Ooh, like, yeah, send definitely. that to me. Yeah, like I, I'd like to like to see that. Maybe that's something we can, uh, you know, share out just to give folks an idea of kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, good, good man. Good question. We appreciate that. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send that in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with, with the Squire. squire. Quick fire quest Jones! Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from Mark Wooten. Uh, all right, so here are the quick fire questions. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, bring it. All right, here we go. This is all music edition. Beatles or Stones? Beatles. I mean, mm. that, that, for me, that's incredibly easy. Beatles. You know, next question. <laughs> Beatles. Beatles have grown on me. You know, I used to be very contradictory. You know, I, I was. I would say that I was not a Beatles fan, and and I, I can't really claim to be a Beatles fan, but I don't dislike the Beatles. Yeah, but I don't love them to the extent that everybody else did. I'm not anyway. Nirvana or Pearl Jam? You know, I'm not a big fan of either. Just frankly, because I haven't listened to much of either. I, I probably would like more of them. Um, you know, if I would listen to either or both, but um, I, yeah. I, I'm more familiar, I think, with Nirvana. Um, so I'll go with Nirvana. 
Did Nirvana do the song that was Entertain us? I think that's Nirvana. I think that was everyone in the early nineties, but yeah, I, that think, was I think that per- <laughs> I think that particular one that you're referencing, if if I pieced it out there, was uh, was right. Nirvana. Yeah. What was one of Pearl Jam's? Remind me. I man, I, I I'm just not super familiar with Pearl Jam. Okay. I, I couldn't right. I couldn't name one of their songs if you gave me a list. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. I guess I'll go with Nirvana since I could place one of their songs until somebody says like no that's not that wasn't them that was uh <laughs> that was the the bears or something uh vinyl or cd we have so many pearl jam fans that are like what are y'all doing yeah i know this is <laughs> see we've alienated a whole nother yeah i know it's pitiful uh okay vinyl or cd i'm gonna go with vinyl it, it you know it's funny to me um i don't even own a cd player anymore like i, I don't even think the one mm. in my car works like i don't you know i the last time i used a cd was uh, I don't know, 2009, maybe? I I don't know. But, I mean, folks are intentionally buying uh, vinyl today. It's kind of, you know, has this renaissance. And you see these, uh, you know, record players that are more, uh, you know, reasonably priced and coming out on the market because a lot of folks are wanting to, uh, you know, listen to that. Just the kind of gnarly, you know, audio experience. Again, I'm not an audiophile. I don't know all the terms. I'm not, you know, a big music guy. But but I I think there is something special about listening to vinyl. And, um, yeah, I enjoy it. It's, It's an experiential thing kind of like pipe smoking so i'll go with vinyl yeah i mean between the two obviously you know the modern era uh digital streaming is kind of the is kind of king from that standpoint but um yeah 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 absolutely uh i've I've got a vinyl record player i enjoy using it on occasion uh and if i had to have something in a physical form at this point it'd be vinyl and i still stand by the concept of a vinyl exclusive episode of country squire radio (laughs) uh being worth considering i really you know i just before we're through, man, I just want to see that happen. <laughs> so vinyl exclusive, wow, yeah, yeah. Th- I, I just when I, I put I, that out on our three hundredth episode, there was like a lot of people that were like, "Huh, you know, like there were some there were some thoughts there." <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only imagine, Bo. <laughs> just just a few thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's great. That's great. We'll uh, we'll put that right up there with our list of uh, ideas. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and then finally, we have. Uh, Oh, is Coltrane supposed to be Coltrane? Nope, Coltrane. Oh, is that a separate thing from Coltrane, or is Coltrane actually Coltrane? <laughs> what? You don't know who Coltrane I is? <laughs> I don't know who Coltrane is. I'm sorry. I wasn't born in the 60s. No, it, it, it's okay, but you also don't like jazz, apparently. <laughs> no, I love jazz, but I mean, I like jazz in a um, like an elevator general sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, like in, a, in kind of a background, um, you know, while you're trying to get some stuff done, you know, like that's that's I'm all for I'm all for the jazz, but admittedly, I've I've never been okay. like um, so I'm, I'm guessing then by by that context, Davis here is Miles Davis. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. Okay, so he's got Coltrane or Davis. Uh, to be fair, anyway, uh, I'm gonna go with Davis. I'm, I'm gonna go with Miles Davis because obviously I know who Miles Davis is. I I, I love this. I, we need to find you someone that you can talk uh, jazz smack with so similarly (laughs) similarly (laughs) yeah similarly you'll have to learn about these people in order to uh i know who miles davis is but i did not know who john coltrane (laughs) man i i've got to go with miles davis I, i i love um Miles Davis. One of my first albums ever was Kind of Blue, uh, way back in the day, and uh, oh, it, cool. it kind of um, it leads me between like uh, subtle smiling and uh, depression. <laughs> it's one of those mm. one of those albums that uh, you know you can uh, it, it can either take you into a really happy place or if you let it kind of kind of put you off into maybe that lonely pasture. <laughs> but I love uh, I do love Miles Davis though, so I'll have to go with him. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, you know, I, I, I don't. I, yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm just going to Miles Davis because yeah. I know who he is. I, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, all right, man. Well, good deal. Well, those are some great quick fire questions. And hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, send them on show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, for listener feedback, uh, we, we actually have kind of collected up quite a bit of listener feedback as you've been gone. But yeah. I, I, I think what I actually want to do here is I, I want to um, 
uh, read one of them real quick because it's relevant to what we were just discussing. That's, that's an <laughs> iTunes review that we uh, got from Eric Wirt. Uh, he said, great podcast, better than Dave Matthews or the Beatles, which yeah. is a great throwback joke to uh, to longtime listeners. Yeah, <laughs> right. dude. No, that's that's great. I mean, hey, to be uh, considered in that uh, <laughs> that category is awesome. So awesome. No, great. it's it's high praise. It's it's excellent. So thank you so much for that. And of course, we love getting those iTunes reviews in. Um, but like I mentioned, man, we've got a lot of listener feedback, but I think we'll probably dive more into it next week because I want to kind of give this into the show uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, time here to to you, man, because of course you've been gone, and while you've been gone, there's been some big shakeups in the pipe world. You know, l- l- listeners last week uh, heard us talking uh, about the big move for STG Lane, yeah, and you know, I always feel, you know, I think that. Uh, the sense that I've gotten from from our listeners, and I know that this is how I feel personally, and I think that there are others that would also say this, is that you know you do such a great job at articulating kind of uh, some feelings that the pipe community has. Now, that's not to say that you are the voice universally for the entire pipe world out there, but I think Gosh, for many of us, you, <laughs> what, a, what a ridiculous voice! It'd be like if Froghorn Leghorn was the voice of the pipe world. <laughs> well, I think somewhere between you and Brian Levine, like there's like a spectrum, right? And like you two guys are some are. Kind of holding it down on the ends of the spectrum uh and, and so like you know there there is kind of a, a nature to um processing new information uh and so i, I just kind of wanted to kind of ask you know your, your thoughts your feelings as it relates to the news uh of the big move that uh, stg lane is yeah. is kind of packing up the the domestic operation for overseas of course we heard last week that it's you know, it, it, it's a company decision. It's going to make things leaner. It's not going to impact prices, you know, uh, all that kind of good stuff. But just, I don't know, man, what, what are your thoughts on it? Gosh, th- thanks for, you know, giving me the opportunity. I think uh, it's discouraging, right? I mean, let's be honest, like uh, American soil, no longer uh, lane products made uh, right here in the United States. Uh, man, that's that's tough. That That's really hard. And I, I think it's a part of the broader uh, consolidation within the premium tobacco world. Uh, we've seen uh, these companies as uh, regulation has amped up, uh, not just in the United States, but other uh, other countries as regulation has amped up. A lot of these companies are starting to uh, cannibalize each other, and um, you know, in, in the in the pipe world, in the cigar world, um, you know, we're seeing it uh, not just in pipe tobacco, but pipe uh, manufacturing as well. Uh, a lot of these companies are starting to figure out, okay, well, if we pull our resources and um, you know do this and that, we can increase profitability. We can uh, uh, kind of muscle around bigger with some of these regulators uh, representing a lot of brands rather than just, uh, you know, just one or two. And so, uh, you know, consolidation in a global economic sense. I mean, I, we're certainly not the Wall Street Journal's podcast, but, um, you know, I think there's um, I think that is that is what's happening uh, in the pipe world, just like it is in every other world. And, uh uh, you know, it, it, for business businesses and stockholders, a lot of times it makes really good sense. Uh, for enthusiasts who have a uh, emotional tie to, um, you know, uh, their favorite lane tobaccos being made in, uh, you know, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, um, it's it's a hit, right? It, 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 it is a hit. It's something that, um, you know, we have to be, um, you know, uh, there, there's a sorrow about there. But I think overall, what people need to cling to is that uh, the quality of these products has has not uh, gone down. Uh, the the amount of uh, you know premium tobacco that's out there is still uh, very robust. The sources of these things are are very robust. It's just a, a sense in which man, it's it's uh, it's tough to see them tough to see them go. But uh, you know we know that uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group is a very incredibly large uh, you know organization that's got tentacles in all types of different tobacco uh, related cate- categories. And so um, you know the premium tobacco part. Part of it is a is a uh, piece of that, and and we're you know thankful to be in that piece. They do a really good job uh, with what they do, but it also creates some complications, right? Scandinavian Tobacco Group is, um, you know, they're they're very broad. They're divvied up. When you think of uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, you're thinking in your mind, oh, all these great Danish pipe tobaccos. Well, you know, they they do a, a lot of things. They own General Cigar Company, which is uh, the American version of uh, brands like uh, Cohiba and Punch and. Macanudo and La Gloria Cubana. They own 
pipesandcigars.com, and so they sell directly uh, to the consumer that way. They also own cigarsinternational.com. That was actually, uh, Pipes and Cigars was kind of a, a child of, of Cigars International, um, and so that's where, you know, you can buy, um, you know, 50, uh, you know, uh, Romeo and Juliet's for a nickel, <laughs> um, you know, it, and so uh, some of those things are, are there. They just have their hands on a lot of different pots. There's just a lot of different uh, workings, and so to make a company like that uh, profitable and streamlined uh, in a you know highly regulated environment that is moving more and more um, against the premium tobacco enjoyer, it, it is difficult. So I think um, you know there is a sense in which um, you know that it, it makes sense for these companies to uh, you know continue to consolidate and to um, you know do what they need to do, um, but it, it's sad. It, it's tough, and it's one of those things that I think we do have to grieve. And you know, as as things continue to change, we'll uh, we'll keep up with it. You'll know we'll be a good source of information for you. At least we hope you do. You know, we'll be uh, be on top of it, and and you know, continually uh, you know trying to understand the the modern. Uh, uh, premium tobacco world, the modern pipe uh, world, and kind of the direction these companies are going in. And um, we just appreciate, you know, the folks from uh, STG and Lane uh, being willing to, uh, you know, come share their side of the story, um, you know, and, and their thoughts and feelings and experiences on this. And um, yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing what the what the next chapter is for them. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I think uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say we are so glad that you were back to Country Square Radio, man. It's, uh, it certainly has not been the same without you. Well, of course, people can keep up with us throughout the week. They can follow us uh, on Twitter. At Squire Radio is the show. At underscore Country Squire is the shop. You can follow me at The Real Boy York or at John David Cole for John David Cole. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, happy Halloween and trick-or-treat. John David, let's go have a day. See you, brother. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.